Good morning, loyal listeners. I'm Agnes Drew, coming to you today on 870 AM for Mercury, a broadcast of hope. It is now day 182 of our daily broadcast. With me is Max O'Brien. Hello, all. Max and I went on a supply run yesterday. We've already hit all of the houses that are close by and scavenged everything that we could use. But I realized that there were areas of those houses that we have never explored. In most houses, we've explored all of the living spaces and most of the storage space. But it just occurred to us that we haven't explored the attics in any of the houses. The first one we tried didn't really have an attic. There was just a space between the ceiling below and the roof that had what seems like an inadequate amount of insulation and no floors to stand on between the weight-bearing beams. So that one was a bust. The second house that we decided to try had a window to the attic that we could see from the outside, so it was a safer bet that there was an actual attic for us to find. I wouldn't call that one safe, though. I still can't believe it was up there. How in the world? There was a zombie in the attic of the second house. The area around the house was clear enough, and all of the doors were at least cracked, if not open, so we knew that we were entering a house that didn't have any zombies trapped on the main floor. We didn't even hear it up there. So we found the panel in the ceiling of the second floor that had the pull-down stairs and pulled it down. Agnes had started climbing up when suddenly a zombie appeared above us, coming down from the attic. It scared the daylights out of me. We took care of it without getting hurt, but it scared both of us half to death. Since the house had already been cleared, we had let our guard down. Never would either of us have guessed that there was a zombie trapped in that attic. It wasn't even worth it, either. No, it wasn't. That attic was the cleanest one I have ever seen. Despite the window at one end, these people didn't use their attic even for the storage that the extensive space provided. There were a grand total of three boxes up there, and the rest of the space was completely empty. And the boxes were clearly labeled, too. Two said Christmas decorations, and the other one said winter clothes. If we decide we need more sweaters or something, we could go back. Same goes for the Christmas decorations. It didn't occur to us in December to look for decorations in people's attics. We made most of our own decorations this year. But next year, we are definitely exploring more attics for Christmas stuff. But the third one was golden. I think Agnes was almost as happy in the third one as she was in the children's library. It was truly magical. This attic that we found was like a charming and overcrowded thrift store. You name it, they had it. I think there were several generations of memorabilia being stored up there. There were old-timey bicycles and electric fans. There was clothing and photos and... Max, you aren't doing the place justice by reciting a list. Describe the scene. Paint the picture for our listeners. Well, go ahead, Agnes. Paint away. When we initially climbed up there, it took a moment for me to adjust to the dim room, but there was just enough filtering through a tiny window that we didn't need our flashlights. My eyes fell first on a dusty stack of board games. There were all the classics, Clue, Life, Monopoly, Scrabble, Parcheesi, and several puzzles. Just to their left was a trunk, the old traveling trunk people would take on train trips across the country, It must have had some international miles on it, too, because it had peeling stickers that said Paris and Berlin. I blew off a layer of dust and unlatched it. As I cracked open the lid, I was greeted by the distinctive smell of mothballs. Inside was an army uniform that must have been from World War II. It was carefully folded and placed on top of a stack of letters and pictures. Next to the uniform was an American flag folded as a triangle, and in a small case under it was a purple heart. Tucked down the side was an actual bayonet. 
Someone in this family served and died in the Second Great War, and this trunk held the memories of him. There was one photo in a frame that featured a young, baby-faced soldier wearing the uniform in the trunk. He couldn't have been more than 18 years old, full of youth and life, smiling for the camera. I flipped through the stack of photos, and there were more of that young man, and then a bunch of a pretty young woman with him. You could tell that they were in love. It was beautiful. Do you think that was her wedding dress? I was getting to that. Hanging in a corner behind the trunk, covered in dry cleaner's plastic, was a lace wedding dress. It was yellowed with age, and it looked like it would have fit me. Was there a picture of the woman wearing it? Not that I found, but I'm sure it was hers, and I'll prove it. How are you going to do that? I'm going to write their love story. Your what? I brought back the stack of letters. I'm going to read them and reconstruct their love story from their own written words. Are you sure you want to do that, Agnes? Maybe we should talk about this. You know I can't resist a love story. I'm excited about this little project. In fact, I'm going to start on it right now. Maybe I'll even get finished in time for tomorrow's broadcast if we sign off now. So for Max O'Brien, I'm Agnes Drew. Take care of each other. Agnes!